Welcome back to the What a Good Eater podcast. I'm Alessandra Macaluso. And I'm Amy Godiwallet. And we're back today talking about a topic that our Instagram community and Facebook community was very, very interested in. It's called How to Handle Kids Obsessed with Sweets. Yeah, we, we got an overwhelming uh, amount of inquiries about this topic, and it's something that we can all relate to. Um, our kids often ask for sweets. Um, they are very obsessed with things like ice cream, popsicles, cookies, you know, whatever. And um, so we're going to talk today just about trying to create a healthy balance in our households. So one thing that's kind of interesting is that, you know, when we eat a lot of sugary foods, it makes the body crave more sugary foods. And you might be really surprised at what foods are actually sugary. Like we all know that things like, you know, cake, ice cream, candy, and things like that, they have a lot of sugar in them. But some people may not realize that high carb foods like bread, cereal, flavored yogurt, processed cheese, pasta, rice, all these things can turn to sugar later on in the body. Yeah, I had a, a personal experience with this recently because I had uh, done the Whole30 diet for pretty much the month of April. Um, long separate story, but I had some issues going on hormonally and I wasn't really sleeping right and wound up going to a functional doctor. And one of the things they recommended I do is to do the whole 30 just to detox and kind of figure out what was going on. So one, you know, the whole 30 is basically everything that we just listed. You're not supposed to have. So no, no sugar, no added sugar, no dairy, no grains. And you just do this for 30 days just to cleanse your body. And then you slowly reintroduce each thing, you know, one at a time to see what it is that's affecting you. But with the sugar, I consider myself a pretty, you know, pretty healthy eater. I'm not, I don't have a huge sweet tooth. I do indulge here and there, but for the most part, I eat whole foods. I try to eat healthy, you know, but once I knew that I couldn't have it, I really, really had to start paying attention to where the sugar was. And like you said, Amy, there are certain things that I couldn't even believe had sugar. I just never even really thought to look like things like salad dressings. I would go get myself a healthy salad for lunch and I would pick a dressing like, oh, creamy avocado or whatever. And then I would say, well, wait a minute. Is there sugar in that dressing? And nine times out of 10, actually, I almost could say 10 times out of 10. Every time I asked, the answer was always yes. It's unbelievable that uh, that sugar is just in it's, it's in so many different things. Yes. And one thing that's kind of interesting is that the American Heart Association just came out recently with new guidelines and um, for kids. And it, and it allows for less than 25 grams of sugar per day for kids aged two to 18. And so kids under the age of two should not have any sugar at all. They should have like maybe just some natural sugar, like you know, sugar Fruits. that's in fruit or something, right. but no added sugar. And just to give you an idea of like what 25 grams of sugar is, like uh, if, you, if you often might find yourself like serving, you know, like just the flavored yogurts in the grocery store, mm -hmm. the little small containers like meant for kids, uh, flavored yogurt, they can have as much as like 18 to 20 grams of sugar in them. Yeah. So like that's almost your entire daily intake for a kid, right? And like one juice box that's only eight ounces can have the entire daily allowance of 25 grams of sugar. So it's kind of like if, you, if you're serving your kids like a little juice box, that's their sugar intake for the entire day, which is kind of mind-blowing because mm -hmm. uh, most people are serving their kids so much more sugar, not even realizing they're knowing. Yes. You know? And it makes, so, me, it makes me mad sometimes. I feel like as parents, it shouldn't be that hard we shouldn't have to be that diligent, you know, to have to watch because yeah. there shouldn't, I mean, if, if that's the daily allowance, we should kind of have the food industry like on our side, you know, working with us, not putting the daily allowance in a small container of yogurt, you know, it almost seems not that's, fair. That's so. marketed specifically. That's marketed towards kids. Yes. Yeah. It's 
So we have, we have to really just be really mindful, I guess, as parents, because the, uh, the food industry at this point is not necessarily on our side. So we have to kind of watch what we're giving. And, um, you know, we'll just, we're going to have, we're going to talk about six points to kind of help handle like kids that are obsessed with sugar and, and kids that are obsessed with desserts and sweets. And so the first tip that we have is, is to try not to use sweets as a bribe or reward for good behavior. This is hard because a lot of times we have our kids get dressed and we reward them with something sweet or like we kind of dangle a piece of candy or something right. sweet in front of them. It even like can start you- with potty training. You know, I know a lot of parents and, and I did this too, guilty as charged, you know, your kid goes to the bathroom. Yeah, you get you get a skittle or something. You know, it's it, that's the reward. <laughs> We're doing that right now. We just did it with Armin. Yeah. Where we do like the mini- miniature Reese's peanut butter cups, little bite sized miniature ones. Uh-huh. And so I've got to tell the story because my son Landon, who's five, is on a soccer team, and um, we'll call one of his little peers on a soccer team Billy, Billy the kid, and <laughs> Billy's grandpa would come to his soccer games and. He would watch and, you know, grandpa, his uncle, the whole family would come and they would say, hey, Billy, score a goal and we'll buy you a Slurpee. (laughs) Hurry up, Billy. Get that Slurpee. Kick the ball into the goal, Billy. Get it. Get it. (laughs) And, you know, it was just like we would all just like the whole team would just kind of die of laughter. I mean, we all can relate. Like we know what they're doing and it's so funny. (laughs) But at the same time, like, you know, we've done this. Actually, learn from my mistake. We told Landon early on when he was in soccer, that if he scored like two or three goals during his soccer game, we would take him out afterwards to Coldstone and get him some ice cream. Yeah. Well, guess what? The whole soccer game, Landon was so preoccupied with ice cream that it was almost like he was more interested in the ice cream than playing soccer. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, you know, I mean, and I, he kept asking me about ice cream after the soccer games. And I was kind of feeling like, why is he so obsessed with the ice cream? Yeah. And I'm realizing, you know, it's because we're dangling it as a carrot in front of him, like right. trying to trying to just bribe him, you know, <laughs> and reward him for good behavior. So mm-hmm. take a note from my mistake. And I think it's also important to, you know, remind ourselves that again, it's not going to be perfect every single time. We're going to do it. I mean, I do it, you do it, we all do it. But as long as we kind of just be mindful of it, I think being mindful of it alone will help us not do it as much and kind of be able to follow that rule of not using sweets as a bribe or reward for good behavior. Exactly. Yeah. Just, um, just try to keep it under control. And another example at dinner time, you know, might be something like, you know, saying to our kids like, Hey, if you eat two bites of broccoli, I'll give you some ice cream. And that it kind of implies that the broccoli is like the bad food or the mediocre food, but the ice cream is like, Ooh, that's the reward right. for eating my broccoli. That's like mediocre. Right. And so kind of like programming our kids to think that way without even realizing it. Right. And I mean, at the end of the day, are they going to know that ice cream tastes better than broccoli? Sure. But we don't have to reinforce it. We don't have to say it out loud over and over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the second tip that we have is to, to really try to be mindful of calling dessert a treat. Um, this is something that we kind of have to be really mindful about, especially when there are grandparents around and, you know, husbands and family. Uh, I'll finish all your vegetables and I'll give you a treat. Um, it kind of implies, like you had said in, in the earlier point, Amy, that the vegetables are the mediocre food, the dessert is the good food. It kind of keeps them putting the dessert on the pedestal. So again, we just want to be mindful of, of not putting dessert on a pedestal. The more we do that, the more we glorify it, the more we the more we make it this you know, wonderful thing in their minds, the easier it's going to be for them to keep eating it. Yeah. The best thing I think we can do is try to like remind ourselves to stay neutral about food. Broccoli is good. Bread is good. Strawberries are good. Mm -hmm. You know, chicken is good. Ice cream is good. We're just trying to stay neutral, not make like certain foods 
way above the rest. Yes. Um, the third point we have is to serve dessert alongside dinner a few times a week. So this kind of makes like kids who are like so preoccupied with the dessert portion of, you know, the, the dinner, I wouldn't, you know, serve dessert every single day necessarily, but like maybe if you do, if you'd like to do it, you know, maybe a few times a week, just put a really small portion of dessert and serve it right along with the meal at the same time. And don't make a big deal about it. Just let them eat it in whatever order they want. So an example for me is um, when I pack my three-year-old Armin lunchboxes for school, I'll sometimes include a small portion of something sweet right along with his lunch. Like I would put some chocolate covered almonds in his lunchbox, maybe a few mini Reese's peanut butter cups, maybe one cookie or two cookies or something like that. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do it every day, but I would do it once in a while. And he would always come home and tell me, mommy, I ate my chocolate first. Mm -hmm. And I, I would just like laugh because I try not to make a big deal about it, but I would just say, oh, really? That's cool. Did you enjoy it? And like, he'd always come home and he was so excited to tell me like, I ate it first. I ate the dessert first. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. You know, like, yeah. Um, I think it's but, a great. I think it's a great tip, and I think it's. We do that sometimes. Uh, I'll try to serve it. You know, whether I do the three section plate or just a regular plate, I'll try to serve it alongside with it. And I, what you said is key. Make it a really small portion. Don't serve a tub of ice cream, obviously, next to a couple pieces of broccoli, because you know that they're not gonna. They're gonna just kill that tub of ice cream and not even touch the other food. But as long as you give them a small portion, you're showing them that yeah, sure, you can have it. If I'm gonna serve fruit right along with the meal. Of course, they're going to say, can we have more strawberries? Can we have more strawberries? And I'll say, yeah, you can have more, but first finish the other foods. So I'm not saying right. like you can't have it at all until, you know, you finish dinner, but you're saying like, sure, you, you ate the portion you have already. That's fine. I have more, but first finish the other food. Yeah. We do that too all the time. The fourth point we have is to redefine what dessert is to your family. So this can be a tough one because as we all know, dessert can be cookies, cakes, cupcakes, candy, but it doesn't always have to be. Tying into our earlier point of, you know, fruit, fruit is dessert. It's natural sugar, but it does the same to your taste buds. You know, it gives you that, it satisfies that craving of sweetness that all of us go for. Obviously not just kids. I have, we all have that, but maybe you can also try to get your kids involved more with this. So think of unusual fruits that your kids may not get all the time, such as watermelon or cantaloupe or cherries, kiwi, figs, you know, doing that kind of keeps the interest up. It kind of gets their buy-in a little bit more and you're not always necessarily going to reach for the cookies and cakes and, and more of the processed sweets. Because I think that that's also where a lot of our um, issues come in with the addiction to the sugars is, is a lot yeah. of times it's those processed sweets because it's everything else that you're getting along with that sugar that is maybe not so good. I, I, I love this tip, Allie. I think it's a great tip. It's kind of like, you know, the Europeans do this. A lot of times they're having like fruit and cheese for dessert. Like that's their dessert. It's like beautiful, simple, delicious food. And, you know, at first, if your kids are kind of more used to like the cookies, cupcakes, ice cream kind of things, a candy, at first your kids may go, huh? Like what? Like that's not dessert. That's fruit. You know, that's just a piece of fruit. But, right. um, you know, I think over time though, like if, if you're serving it often or you're serving it more frequently and they start to kind of, you start to, you know, kind of train them that like, no, this is a delicious food. It's a delicious way to end our, like the meal that we just had. Yeah. I think that over time they, they kind of start to really enjoy it. Like my kids love watermelon, cherries, kiwi, and they're things that we don't serve all the time. They don't get these kinds of fruits every day. Yeah. So it would be like a special occasion for them. I think it helps too when you go to the grocery store to kind of look for what's in season. Cause a lot of times they'll have the fruits in their front and center that are in season. So right now it's cherries, which we haven't had in a while. So Penelope got really excited, for instance, for cherries. Um, yeah, she saw I bet them. She did. 
Yeah. And she, she wanted to start, you know, that was her snack for today. Can I have some cherries? Can I have some cherries? And I said, yeah, sure. So she wanted to eat them, but I, I get nervous with the pit, you know, I mean, she's four, but yeah. she's still hard to maneuver a cherry pit and, you know, yeah, it's, spit it it's, out. It's so, nerve wracking. Yeah. So I, know. I told her, sure, you can have it. I said, let's get the cutting board out. She took out her little mini toddler chef knife. And I said, as long as you can cut into it, you know, and, and take the, the pit out. out of the center, yeah. then, you know, that's fine. So she cut into the first one and I realized, oh my God, this is going to just wreck our cutting board. And our, I mean, and she had asked me right before this, oh, can I wear a skirt today? And we weren't going anywhere special, but I said, yeah, sure. Go ahead. So she had this really nice, like white and gray skirt on and this really pretty blue top. And between the cutting board and her outfit and her face, it looked like the cherry massacre of 2018. <laughs> it was just a disaster. <laughs> But she was loving it, though. She was going to town, getting the getting the pits out and eating them, and she was having a blast. She looked like a mass murderer, but she was having a ball. Yeah, it, it was like the Godfather toddler edition. She was just wrecking everything That's in sight. Awesome. Hey, whatever works. Exactly. <laughs> Our fifth tip is to um, not not buy a ton of sweets and keep them in the house. So I have to have something in the house. Like I like to. So I my my kind of my philosophy on life is just to kind of live within some moderation. Like I don't like to live on either extreme, but I, you know, I like to pick like two or three things from the grocery store that I may want to have in my house at any given time. And I use them as sometimes foods for myself and for my kids. Mm -hmm. So an example might be like, I have a weakness. Sometimes I'll want to buy Oreo cookies or like Pepperidge farm cookies. I love those like chocolate and orange Milano cookies. Once in a while I'll buy ice cream or like something like chocolate covered almonds or something. And I'll just explain to my kids that, you know, we can't eat these foods every day because they're not, they're not good for us, but I'll say to them that we can have them once in a while. And I try to live by that rule myself, but it, it helps if I don't have like just all the snacks are like full of sugar and all the, you know, desserts, like just a lot of desserts in the household. And there's just so many options. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's hard to have it. It's hard to like be mindful of that. If they're just, if your pantry is inundated with it. Yeah. We just talk about those as like being like sometimes foods. When I was growing up, uh, I, I remember like we had a lot of junk food in my household when I was growing up, like a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember like being a teenager and I don't think I drank water, like one glass of water for like two weeks. I think I went through a phase and like, I don't think I did. I think I had Coke for like every single beverage that I had was a Coke. And you know, there's nobody checking on me. I was a teenager at that point. Like nobody was monitoring my liquid intake or whatever, but I, I can't, looking back, I can't believe like that. I, we, we would have like little Debbie snacks, chips. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Us too. Us too. One of my brothers was really big on sweets. He still is. And um, he used to hide his Entenmann's cookies, his Entenmann's chocolate chip cookies. He would hide them. (laughs) He would take the box. He would put his name on them. He had like a special cabinet and he thought no one knew where they were. But of course I would always bust in there and eat them. But yeah, we had sweets all the time. Fruit by the foot, like any, I mean, we had just a whole pantry just devoted to just sugary sweets. Man, those were the days when nobody was like monitoring anything. <laughs> it was a free for all. <laughs> nobody monitored our TV intake, our video games, nothing. Right? Nobody I, watched us. <laughs> I envy that sometimes. Sometimes I wish it were like that, right? Just, we, yeah. we, we both came from big families, so maybe that was part of why. Yeah, I, I don't blame them. I mean, I, I struggle with two. I can't imagine having more than that. <laughs> I mean, you bring up a good point, you know, not, not to have them in the house. Sometimes I know I have to have an intervention with myself. <laughs> I have to remind myself because, you know, you go to the grocery store and sometimes you kind of go in on autopilot. But I have to remind myself, like, wait a minute, 
I am in charge of what I'm buying in the house. You know, like if I get mad later because there's something in the house, I have to be like, wait a minute, you bought that. (laughs) So sometimes it's just a matter of having an intervention with myself when I'm going grocery shopping. One of my favorite rules that I know, Amy, we've discussed this. Um, A lot of people are probably aware of it, but if not, it's to keep to the perimeter of the grocery store as much as you possibly can. That's where the least processed foods are. So that's where you have your yeah. most whole foods. Um, obviously, you're not going to only shop the perimeter. That'd be a bit extreme. But if you try to just make the bulk of your purchases the perimeter and just not have as many processed foods to pick from at the house, then, then right. it's less temptation for you. It's less temptation for your kids. And it's kind of better for everybody all around. Definitely. So this ties right into our last point, about which is to watch what you're buying. Um, not just the items that you're buying, but the package labels on what you're buying. Again, this can feel like a job and sometimes it gets me upset because it really shouldn't be this hard. But once you get used to reading the labels, it becomes a lot easier. I I find it becomes a lot easier to do it. Um, You get used to looking for the words that also mean sugar there. It's, it's, it may not just say sugar. It may be hidden in other forms sucralose and, and um, dextrose and high, high fructose corn syrup. A lot of times if it ends in OSE, O-S-E, it's like some type of sugar Yeah, and, and probably not a great healthy sugar. So yeah. And you know, sugary cereals, uh, juice, cookies, once you, it may be a little bit difficult at first, but once you find those cereals or other items that you, that have the least amount of sugar, then you know, every time. So you won't have to spend every single time reading labels. You'll get it once you'll know it. Right. It's kind of like, uh, like right now I feel like there's certain things that we just kind of reach for and we're kind of on automatic pilot now. Um, but there's always certain things I have to kind of research and take a look at the labels and stuff. It's yeah, that's just part of the game. So, um, well, Allie, it's, it's been, um, a real pleasure brainstorming ideas with you on how to handle kids obsessed with sweets. Um, we have it in our household. I know you guys have it. Uh, a lot of parents struggle with this. I also just wanted to mention, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, how I did the whole 30. And once I did reintroduce, I never, you know, I didn't go full boat back to eating crazy amount of sweets, but I did get looser with looking for the added sugars and everything. And I really can feel it in my body. And it reminds me a lot of the times with, with our kids, you know, again, we we don't keep a ton of sugary stuff in the house, but you know, when we go out birthday parties, this kind of thing, I don't deprive them. So, you know, they, they have it. And I think that that's a big one too. You don't want to be so strict and regimented that you create the opposite issue or, right. you know, in, within your kids. So they have it when they go out. I swear, Amy, I can see the difference in how they act when they oh, are yeah, hopped they act up. Like lunatics. Oh my oh, yeah. God. Like to say, to say that it affects their behavior <laughs> is an understatement. I can see it. I can see it too with our kids. Thank you all for sharing part of your day with us. Um, check out the What a Good Eater cookbook. It's available on Amazon. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook, if you don't already. And YouTube. And YouTube. We wish you and your family happy, healthy tummies. And please join us next time for our next podcast. Bye. Thank you.